0: Very good. It is great to be sharing with you tonight on my birthday. It is actually a pleasure um, to be sharing the word. I did uh, genuinely think that. Um, Tonight we are looking, we're looking at the prayer series and it's the second week this week and we're looking at spirit-led prayer. And I actually knew that I was gonna be preaching on this uh, maybe about three weeks ago and I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about what is spirit-led prayer I ended up asking a lot of friends about their prayer life. First of all, I think they thought I was testing them, um, and they thought the pastor was checking in, but as soon as I said, no, 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 I'm preaching about it soon. I really want to talk about it. It was great to have this open discussion about our prayer life. Um, and as I was thinking about it, I was reminded of uh, when my wife and I, when Shar and I were married, uh, or still are um, sorry <laughs> oh words are powerful, aren't they?) Um, when we first got married, that's better. Um, and for the first, I think it was about—I oh, th- I can't remember the exact time—but I think it was about the first ten months of our marriage. We were house sitting, um, so we're just living at different people's places. And 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 what I realised is, obviously, at different people's places, they got different appliances, they got different things. And you sort of come in and you've got to figure out how things work so you can look after people's houses, uh, depending on what they have. So that meant for me, uh, I was often learning uh, different people's mower and whippersnipper. Um, I had to learn how it worked. And believe it or not, I don't know if you've used too many mowers and whippersnippers. They all have a certain way of being able to work it. And uh, I won't say who because the people might know, but um, I broke someone's whippersnipper. Uh, Very thankfully, John Harris fixed it for me, so that was all good. Um, So I got working again, but uh, I was constantly figuring out how these different things worked. Anyway, I rocked up at someone's house and they were on acreage and uh, they had a ride on mower. And my mate, the eldest son of the family, uh, he taught me how to use this ride on mower. And he told me all the ways to use it. And he said to me, he said, I know it's one of my jobs that I have to do in the house, but as he said, it is honestly amazing. I love it. He said, the turning circle on this one is amazing. It's a Toro and it is incredible. Like it's not a steering wheel. You got these two things and you are just twisting around like it was epic. Anyway, the first time I went to do it, I was super nervous because I was trying, I had to reverse it out of the garage, like they had a, they had a whole side of the garage for it, beautiful. And so I, I reversed it out and I got it out. Anyway, I mowed this, this, just the first, I just started on the front yard, I mowed it all and I looked back to look at my work. And as I looked at it, I realized the grass had not been cut. And I thought, the is on, what is going on? And I forgot When I was learning how to do it, my mate said, one of the most important things is you've got to press this button and it engages the blade. You need a blade when you're mowing. So I quickly remembered, I clicked the button and engaged the blade, went over it and mowed the lawn. And it was amazing. For the next few months, we lived there for three months. Every time I mowed, I'd get so excited. It was that simple. Just had to make sure I clicked the blade. You're all waiting to see what something bad that happened. Don't worry, I'm just keeping it to that tonight. And it was amazing. Just had to click Engage the blade, and I was able to mow. It was that simple. Very, very simple change, but let's be real. It made a massive difference. Without it, the grass was not cut. When I did remember, oh, all I've got to do is press this. The grass looked beautiful. And my prayer is for us tonight, as we're looking at what it looks like to live in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, or to live by our sinful nature, I want us to see how simple it is. One simple change, and our life can look so different. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to look into God's Word. Dimly, Father, I want to thank You for Your Word. I want to thank You, Lord, for prayer. And tonight, as we are looking at Spirit-led prayer, I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would teach us, You would lead us, You would guide us. And you would show us what it's like. And thank you, Lord, that every single person in this room has the opportunity to live a Spirit-led life. Life and life to the full. In your name we pray. Amen. As I was thinking about Spirit-led prayer, um, my, um, my lovely wife, Shah, um, asked me how I was going preparing this message about a week ago. And I started talking to her about it, and it must have been a little bit too uh theological or confusing because she just stopped me as I was explaining and she said no no no, Ty what does spirit-led prayer mean to you what it, what is that actually like in your life like just talk to me about that what, what's your experience like let's talk about it in in the way that you know and understand and it was amazing to then just go okay true and I just reflected in my own life. And as I just share with you some of my reflections, I hope and pray that you can relate to some of these things. So as I first thought about it, I thought Spirit-led prayer, I thought there are definitely times in my life where I love praying, where you, you probably don't need to ask me to pray because I just want to pray. It's, it's amazing. It's exciting. It's thrilling. Um, it's just this natural instinct in, in whatever situation, wherever it is, to pray. Also times in my life, love reading the Word. I, I love it. I get so excited to wake up in the morning. I normally start off with a bit of Bible reading and there's really nothing else I wanna do. I'm so excited for that. There's Also, as I reflect, um, I really enjoy um, being able to spend time with people. I, I love people and that's easy. But as I also reflected, I've also experienced and still experience the opposite of that, where I might go to pray and that feels like a chore. Or I might go to read the Word or spend time with people. And in the same way, if I'm being honest with you, I really don't want to. And I, in that moment, am like, oh man, maybe yesterday or last week, I was loving it what's sort of going on? As I reflected on it, I kept thinking about it. And as we're talking about tonight, spirit-led prayer, I thought, well, is there the opposite of non-spirit-led prayer? Like, I don't want to raise big theological questions. That's not what I'm trying to do. But that that was me really thinking about it. Well, what does that look like? And I'm very thankful for the Bible, because that's where we're going to go. And we're going to read some of these verses. But, but what I'm trying to raise is, is my experience, and, and maybe you've experienced that, of prayer being this amazing thing. People say how powerful it is. People say, and, and you say, yeah, I know that reality. I would agree. But in the same sense, you go, but also sometimes that is not a reflection in my life. So my life would probably say that I don't agree with that, but I do. And it's just this. So I want to read to you. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. And we're gonna look at the difference, what what I'm expressing to you, this difference of a Spirit-led life and a life being led by the sinful nature. And I want us to read this together. And I'm gonna come back to some key verses. So we're gonna start in verse 16. It's in the NLT. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So we see this word opposite there. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But... When you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. This is going back to the opposite here, talking about the sinful nature. When you follow the sinful when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So this is what happens in and of ourselves without the spirit leading us. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful Pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So the word talks about this wrestle that I was trying to talk to you about. And it makes it so clear. And I hope tonight, as you look at that and even that list of what it talked about, of what it looks like when we follow our sinful nature, there was was some real specific things. And I think every single one of us, well, every single one of us would look at that and say, yeah, true. That is the result in my life when I'm not being led by the Spirit. And then when we see the fruit of the Spirit, what happens in our life when we are letting the Spirit lead us, it's like, wow, that is amazing. And I just wanna just focus on four words because as I was thinking about at the start about Spirit-led prayer and well, do we have a choice of, Spirit led prayer or non spirit led prayer, and you know that that whole part. I was just reminded of verse 16, 18, 19, and 25, and I'm just going to read it to you. In 16, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So there's this part where we do need to let the Spirit guide our lives. Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit. So there is this part of either being led and directed and letting the Spirit guide us or not, or being directed and led by our sinful nature. And this is backed up in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature. So there is a part. That when you choose to follow the sinful nature and try to satisfy those desires, you have that choice. But then in verse 25, it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So it's amazing. And it's this reality tonight that, and it actually takes humility to say this, that in and of ourself, if we're to focus on the flesh or the sinful nature that is within us, there's not gonna be this beautiful, exciting prayer life. There's not gonna be an amazing life of love, gentleness, self-control, all of these things. That is only by the Spirit. That is actually only possible through the Spirit. And as I was reflecting on it, I was thinking about, and and I I don't say this in a bad way because it actually has made me think of the past of on social media, you might see a nice photo with someone's Bible opened up with a nice oat flat white with an extra shot of caramel. And someone might have the caption of just, you know I I I actually don't know what the caption is, maybe like uh, a bit of time of bliss in the Word or I don't know. Something, this this beautiful picture. And maybe you see that and you think, wow, true, 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 true. That's what would make me love reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Let me go to a cafe. Let me, but maybe for you, you've seen someone taking a picture of the beach with the sand and the water. And they just say, uh, uh, walk and a prayer walk along the water. And you think that true. If I lived at the beach, if I, had an, if I had a unit at the Gold Coast or Caloundra, my prayer life would be unreal. It would be so good. And I've thought that. I've thought the reason my prayer life isn't great is because at Joyner, I don't have the beach. I don't just step out of my door at Joyner. If I turn left, I go to Lawton. If I go straight, I go to Warner. Warner Lakes, not bad. I don't mind Warner Lakes. But it's not Caloundra. And isn't it interesting? We can genuinely think to ourselves, it's almost like this formula. And we go, okay, if I want this really exciting prayer life, I'm gonna try this. And then if that doesn't work, I'll try this. And then if it doesn't work, I'll try that. And what we're seeing tonight, we can't do it. We can't manufacture it. The beautiful part is when we're being led by the Spirit, I can have an amazing time of prayer in Joyna or at Caloundra. It's actually not about the place. And as we think about all these things, I want us to realize tonight that it's not something that we're gonna be able to do with discipline or with structure or with grit or with um, formulas or it is actually by letting the Spirit guide us. Like that picture that I was giving at the start about mowing, you know, I did every, everything, but the reality is I hadn't engaged the blade. And if I didn't engage the blade, I wasn't gonna be able to mow. And I pray it's that simple in our life. When we potentially look in our life and we see that list that was up there before of the results of our sinful nature, we go, whoa, I need to stop for a second. Spirit, I need you to lead me. God, I need you to lead me. Because right at the moment, I'm following my sinful nature. And I don't want to do that. It's that reality. You look back and I go, the grass hasn't been cut. In the same way you look at your life and you go, Lord, I need to be led by the Spirit. I haven't been, I haven't been letting you guide me. I was reminded of this, I think I was in grade nine or 10. And um, one of the teachers at my school that I really looked up to, and, and a lot of my mates did, a really godly man. And I remember he shared a devotion with us and it was awesome, it was such an encouragement and it had come out of his time that he had in the morning of praying and reading the word. And just at the end of the the devotion, he just said, oh, I just wanted to share with you to the class and we were all just learning so much from him. And he said, I just wanted to let you know that many times in my week or maybe month, he said, I wake up and I actually don't feel like reading the Bible. I actually don't feel like praying. And we were all like, what? And he said, and it's this part where he said, I know the truth. The Bible is incredible. It's the source of truth. It's God's Word. So I want to be reading it. I know that. I know the truth. He said, and I know prayer is so powerful and it's so important for my relationship with God. He said, I know that truth. He said, but if I just try to force myself, he said, even though I know the truth, he said, it's just this, And he said, what I do is he said, sometimes I just sit there. He said, I play a worship song and I just, in that song, I just say, Holy Spirit, can you please soften my heart? And can you please lead me and guide me? Because I would really like to pray and I'd like to read the word. But at the moment, I do not want to. And he said, that's what he does. And it's that humility to go, I need the spirit of God. And it's really interesting because when I think about it of people that are amazing prayers and that we might look to as these prayer warriors, I think what they're amazing at is knowing that they need the Spirit and they've learned that. And it's not about them learning everything that they've done in the past, have this perfect plan and game plan to then go and pray. I know that when you ask them, they say, the Spirit leads me and it's incredible. As I was thinking about this, I couldn't think of a better analogy than a ratatouille. (laughs) I hope you've watched it. We're gonna put a photo up on the screen just in case you haven't. And this is an incredible movie. Um, If you can see that just there, um, there, there's a chef, he has a hat on, and he has uh, Remy, which is the rat, um, that is just sitting on his head. And what happens in this movie, if you haven't seen it, by the way that I said Ratatouille before, uh, I'm guessing everyone in the building has seen it, but just in case. What happens in the movie? I, I just got a thumbs down. Someone hasn't watched it. Okay, good. I will explain. So what happens in the movie is there's this guy and he's working for a restaurant and he doesn't know how to cook. He can't cook. But there is this rat that is amazing at cooking, truly incredible. And what happens is this rat teaches, well, actually just jumps in the hat of this guy and pulls the hair. And when he's, when he's doing that, he's just fully being led and cooks these incredible meals. And it's this beautiful thing where this guy knows he can't cook, but he knows the rat is an absolute genius. The rat is a chef. So he just lets the rat go and he has so much fun cooking all these things. And the interesting thing is, this restaurant becomes famous. This head chef is like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing is amazing. Keep on doing it. And this guy, this chef is just letting little Remy just guide the way. But it gets to this part in the movie where the chef doesn't want Remy to guide him anymore because he's cooked all these amazing meals. He knows what it's like now to be a chef. He can do it by himself. And so he doesn't let Remy guide him. And you see what happens. He can't cook. Even though he probably could have tried to remember everything that he did in the past, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And it's this part where he realized, I actually need Remy to guide me. I need Remy to fully direct everything and I can't do it without Remy. And it's really interesting, and I think it's such a good portrayal of the Scripture that I was reading. because, And, and it says this also in, in, um, in Romans, in Romans 8. And it says in verse 7, the mind governed by flesh is hostile to God. But then later in verse 9, it says, you who... You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And it's this incredible part where you see there are moments where the chef wants to go against what Remy's guiding him to do. And flour goes everywhere and it's a mess. Because it's this part where he just wants to be able to do it himself. Like, he doesn't want to have to be so reliant on Remy. It's this this thing. And I really hope and pray for every single one of us. We see the simplicity of the power of God. That is why we became a Christian. To say, the old is dead. I can't do it by myself. I'm not perfect. I need God. I need Jesus. And I want to let the Spirit lead and guide my life. And as I finish up tonight, I just wanna to talk to you a little bit about my golf. I'm not sure why you're all laughing. Thank you, Mitch, he's one of my caddies. <laughs> no, he's not, he's a great friend of mine. Um, so, so in my, um, I've been playing golf now for uh, five years um, and I'm, I'm not gonna tell uh, any of you my average score or anything uh, because I'm a very average golfer. Um, I have actually recently uh, taken, I think about a month or two months off golf because at the moment in my mind, it's the worst sport ever. And I hope I never play again. (laughs) But ask me two months ago, and I'll tell you it's the greatest sport that's ever been invented. And it's this interesting thing. I'm just gonna put this tee down. I don't know if this is actually gonna work, but we're gonna see how it goes. So when I play golf, I might come up to a shot and I might see where the hole is. And I I think to myself, okay, what do I need to do here? It's maybe about 120 meters away. Okay, in that case, I'm probably gonna get my six iron out. I probably need to use that. Um, I'm getting a few faces from people. Yeah, everyone hits it differently. Okay, some people are stronger than others. I saw that. I wanted to give detail, but not too much. So you knew how bad I was at golf, but... That just let it out. Anyway, it's for the sake of the analogy. So anyway, so what, what happens is um, I might get ready for it. Normally I wouldn't hit an iron off a T, yeah, all that. But anyway, it, it's obviously for the story. And, but what's really interesting is I'll, I'll, I'll get ready, I'll come up, I'll, I'll stand and I'll think to myself, okay, I just need to hit it, I need to hit it sweetly. I need to not think too much about it. I just need to get here, stand here. By the way, the T could go flying. So Mitch, just watch out. Um, I am going to hit it. It's a ping pong ball. It's all good. Um, a- anyway, so I'll stand up and I'll line up. I'll get, I'll hopefully my eyes in the right way. My, my feet look like they're pretty good. Um, and, and I'll go, okay, I'm just going to go for it here. I'm going to swing back. Well, thank you. Now, in that moment, I, I hit that, and, and depending what you want to say, whether it came off smoothly or not, for me, that was very smooth. <laughs> so I'd be really happy with that shot. And I'd come up to my next shot, and I'd think, okay, great, that was beautiful. Um, I'm going to use uh, my pitcher, because um, I'm just going to pitch it straight onto the green now. And I'd come up, and I'd get ready, and I'd think, okay, great, I'd just, just do the same as I did last time, great, and I'll come up. And there'll be a disaster. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll think to myself, okay, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Why did it not work that time? It, it just worked really well. So I think to myself, okay, maybe it's my feet because I've, I've heard, someone's told me before that um, if. If your feet, depending, if you put your club there, that shows the line. So if I'm standing like this, it's most likely going to go that way. If I'm standing like this, okay, and I think about that. But then I think, oh, no, true. It's actually about the grip. Someone told me to interlock. But then I heard more recently that that actually takes a bit of power away. So if you struggle with power, definitely don't do that. So then I jump like this. And then I think, okay, well, I probably shouldn't do that. And then, and then I remember, oh, no, you know what I was doing wrong? I lifted my head too much. And then I think, okay, well, maybe I'll try that. And, and, and I go between thinking through all the things that I did wrong. What were all the things that possibly led to it not being so good? And I think through all the things and then my next shot, next shot, next shot. And it is just crazy because sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And then what ends up happening is I end up thinking the picture just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. I'm actually going to start using my sand wedge. I think it's better. And then then I end up pretty much using all my clubs until I think, I think I need new clubs. (laughs) I, I, I think that's the problem because I'm exhausted by the fact that there's so many things that I'm doing wrong and I just don't know how to get it right. Why is it that it works sometimes? Why is it sometimes it doesn't? And it feels like It feels like I need to be perfect. It feels like everything needs to be lined up. My feet, my shoulders, my hips, my grip, my head, everything. And even then, even then it still doesn't. And to be honest with you, I have actually said no to uh, quite a few mates over the last uh, a month and a half because I'm exhausted. To be honest, I don't know if I'll play golf again. I probably will, but I don't know. Because I just, uh, it's just this wrestle and it, I just go, oh, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. And what I actually, I actually really felt to share that analogy with you, because maybe for you tonight, that, that is what it's felt like following Jesus. You feel like sometimes it's going well, sometimes it's not. And you think through, what am I doing wrong? You think through all the different parts and you think maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And you just think, man, this is exhausting. This is so hard following Jesus. It's so difficult. I look around the people around me and for some people it seems easy and, and it's just this, this exhausting wrestle. And just as I made it clear that I haven't played golf for a month and a half. Maybe for you there's been this part of like, maybe it'd be easier if I just stopped following Jesus. And what I really pray for you tonight, I wanted to just share those two different analogies, the Ratatouille and then the golf. And I really pray that your your spiritual walk, the way you see it is not how I'm talking about golf. Of you never know when it's gonna be good. You never know when it's gonna be bad. You think through all the things you did wrong and it's just too tough and you're exhausted. Or think about this part of going, hey, I've come to this place where I've realised that Jesus Christ has made a way that the Holy Spirit can live in my life and lead me, direct me. And that is life and life to the full. And I can't do it by myself. So I need the Holy Spirit every minute, every hour, every single day. And when I look at my life and I look back and I think, oh, I need to be being led by the Spirit. You stop in that moment and say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. And I pray that it's simple. And we know that there is forgiveness in God. There's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And living in the Spirit is incredible. That is life and life to the full. And having, being Spirit-led then goes, it, it does. It goes into all areas of our life, as the Word was saying. And our prayer life, we, we don't necessarily need to have this clear structure or schedule. And we might have that, but it's not dependent on that. It's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our life. So I pray that every single one of us would be humble to say, I need the Spirit. And the Spirit will guide and He will direct. So let me pray. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, I wanna thank You that in following You, when, when, when there is this new life on offer, this life of joy, this life of peace, this life that we have a relationship with You, God, we know that Your Spirit is the one that empowers us. It is Your Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I pray that people wouldn't be in this wrestle of trying to force their sinful nature to be better or try to force themselves, but realise that they're actually a new creation and to let the Spirit lead them. To not be led by the sinful nature, the temptations of this world, but instead be led by the Spirit. Oh Lord, it's actually so simple. And I know, Lord, that we can complicate it, but I pray that we see the beautiful simplicity of it. That there is a life that we can live where prayer is exciting, where talking to You is beautiful, where reading the Bible is so engaging, where loving others is easy. And that is through your Spirit. It doesn't mean that life is perfect. When when troubles come and things are tough, we have your Spirit and we have your peace because we trust in You. So I pray tonight, and maybe some might come down the front and respond, for those that are feeling exhausted, for those have been trying so hard in and of themselves. And I pray for the freedom tonight to surrender and to say, God, I need your spirit. I wanna rely on your spirit. In your name we pray, amen.